This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Boundaries aren't just a trend or a buzzword. They're important for a healthy life. Visit betterhelp.com super and see what setting boundaries means for your life. Hey, brother. Look, we all know that Thor's relationship with his own eyes is a little bit lax at best. What if I told you that Thor's new eyes, yes, eyes plural, are not just piercingly blue and really hard to stop looking at, but also insanely powerful. Because the new Thor Love and Thunder trailer finally dropped. And I swear Marvel was just literally trolling the entire internet by not releasing it until now. Like how is not releasing a trailer actively building hype for something? How does that work, Marvel? They're just making us want it more. I don't like that it works. But oh me, oh my, does it look great. I mean, we got Guardians of the Galaxy. We've got Zeus played by Russell Crowe. We got thick Thor back with the chain thing going on. And you see his hat here. It says strongest Avenger. I want that hat. And of course, at the end, we have the most mind blowing bit of them all, which is Jane Foster as Thor with what appears to be a reassembled Mjolnir. Like, what? Today we are going to get to the bottom of each and every detail and the one detail that they didn't give us anything of at all, which is the villain for this movie, Gore the God. All right, guys, before we dive on in, we need to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, Bespoke Post. One of the things that I absolutely love about Bespoke Post is that they partner with small businesses to bring you a huge variety of different boxes each month. So almost no matter what your interests or hobbies are, Bespoke Post is going to have something that is just for you. Or in the case of me, I just like pretty much everything. For example, us here at the office have been getting super into plants recently, and Bespoke Post has a box called Rooted which comes with the live plant. This is him. His name is Riles Jr. He's great. And I have to tell you that this one box from Bespoke Post has completely inspired a plant fascination amongst the entire office. So no, Riles Jr. has a whole group of friends to hang out with every day. And for me, this month I have the solid box on the way, which just comes with some super solid basic tees. And I say basic, but these are no ordinary shirts. They are made from ring spun cotton, which make them longer lasting than regular cotton. And they've got this really beautiful dye, which makes them have that nice worn and rugged look. Guys, seriously, I cannot recommend it enough. Whether it's for yourself or a friend or family member or Father's Day just around the corner, it is free to sign up and you can skip or cancel a box at any time. And you can get 20% off your first box when you head on over to boxofawesome.com and use promo code SUPER at checkout. That's going to be boxofawesome.com, promo code SUPER at checkout for 20% off your first box. One last time, boxofawesome.com, promo code SUPER, link is in the description down below. Okay, so the trailer kicks off at a dead sprint. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> You get it. I see Thor running through the woods and aging up between every set of trees, wearing a fun new costume each time. And right out of the gate, I think this is just setting the tone for the entire movie. We've seen where Thor has come from. Now we need to know where he's going. And this is a really great question because we have watched as Thor has grown from a cocky prince-like jock with blonde eyebrows to a dedicated warrior with intent to do good to someone who has suffered extreme loss to depression and finally, someone who has just helped save the galaxy. Which is exactly where we left him at the end of Endgame. For the first time in a thousand years, I, I have no path. It's time for me to be who I am rather than who I'm supposed to be. But this of course immediately begs the question of 
who are you, Thor? And I have a feeling this is exactly what he's going to be struggling with for the first half of this movie. Even just in this trailer alone, we see him in five or six different outfits, all of which I have a feeling are just going to be a certain life path maybe he's trying out. It looks like the first of these new hobbies, if you will, is going to be tagging along with the Ravagers and the Guardians of the Galaxy, where he doesn't seem totally fulfilled by the work, and I'm not entirely certain that Peter Quill likes having him around. Not me. What? Just listening. While that scene is absolutely hilarious and definitely setting the tone for more of what we can expect in this movie, I think it actually has a fair amount of depth to it. It's really showing us that the bar for people that Thor loves really just can't be that high. He's lost everyone. Now those foundations are gone, sorry. Though I do think this is a really great setup for someone who does still mean an awful lot to Thor who can still return. That is of course, Jane Foster. More on that in just a minute though, because it does seem like he will separate from the Guardians where they drop him off with another old friend. Korg. Uh, made of rocks, as you can see, but don't let that intimidate you. While we are here, I just want to say that I absolutely love the shirt that he's wearing, like the 80s inspired, like, world tree. I'm going to end up spending so much money on the merch from this movie. I really thought I was out of the woods after, you know, this one. It never stops making noise. Thor merch just really gets me. I'm not gonna lie, this wasn't cheap, but it is worth it. I'm not even touching it. Okay. <laughs> All right, where are we? Back, back to the t-shirt. It actually is kind of important. In case you are unaware, the World Tree is actually a rather significant piece of Norse mythology called Yggdrasil. Never feel super confident that I pronounced that correctly, so apologies in advance. But the point is, is that it is basically rooted with knowledge and power. Rooted, tree pun. I didn't even mean to. It's actually not even the first place that we've ever seen it inside of a Marvel movie before, but it's relevant in this particular trailer because it could be this very tree that Thor is sitting under later in the trailer. And this is really notable for Thor because this is the location, at least according to Norse mythology, where his father, Odin, received some of his most powerful magic. Or, you know, if nothing else, it just looks like a really nice, quiet place to contemplate your own reality, meaning, and purpose. Which then, of course, brings us back to the key question. Who is Thor? Because he's given up his responsibility as the king of Asgard, and he's just defeated the greatest villain he's ever been up against. And he himself says he has no path forward. So you have a warrior who's not out seeking a battle with anybody, and somehow I actually think it's this very thing that will bring the battle to him. Because whether Thor likes it or not, he does still remain a god, and that very thing is what puts him in the crosshairs for the movie's villain, Gore the God Butcher, who, you might guess, does not have the most positive relationship with gods. And so I think it's the very idea that Thor has abandoned his post that is what is really driving the motivation of Gore forward. What? 
Now, let's just pause there real quick because while we don't see him in the movie, we do know that Gore is going to be played by Christian Bale and is the main villain of this movie and can be one of the deadliest of MCU villains. Do I look like a god? Although Gore does come from pretty humble and unfortunate beginnings. He's literally born on a planet with no name. The planet has no name. He has a name and it's Gore, which is similar to Thor. Other things he doesn't have though are parents and food. So despite living as an orphan in an almost constant state of starvation, he is told to remain faithful to the gods, believing that they will provide for him. And someday he does get married and fathers a few children. They end up dying as does his wife, at which point he abandons all faith and declares there are no gods. A belief that then gets him exiled by his people where he is just left to wander a planet that has no name. When to his absolute dismay, two gods literally fall out of the sky battling each other. One good, one bad. At which point in time, Gore is furious to discover that gods are real and despite all of his plights, they never came to help. So when the good God asks Gore for help, he does not. And instead the dark God then transforms into a weapon called the all black Necrosword. He then fuses with Gore who then uses the weapon to destroy the good God. And I kind of know what you're thinking here, like an amorphous black shape that like fuses with its host. That's like Venom, right? And surprisingly, yes, exactly like Venom. All Black is actually the first ever symbiote and was born of the Dark God's shadow and is basically a living sword that gives Gore godlike powers, like the ability to kill other gods, which is then exactly what he sets out to do as revenge for having never helped him and he's pretty successful at it. Which then brings us back to the trailer where we're seeing what I have to imagine is Olympus and an almost like comically created lightning bolt that is being held by Zeus. And I have to tell you guys, if I was a betting man, I think Zeus is gonna die. You wanna slow down, you work yourself to death. But I can also see why Thor might travel to see him in the first place, because he is after all the Norse God of thunder and supposed to be the King of Asgard. While Zeus is the Greek God of thunder and the current King of Olympus. I'm just gonna say it, by all accounts, it looks like Olympus is thriving which is again, a reason that Gore might be out to kill Zeus in the first place. Because if you've been keeping up with any of the Disney Plus shows, you know that the state of things on earth right now, post blip are not great. So I could easily see where Gore might be holding a grudge for Olympus not sharing their prosperity. And it will also serve as a really fantastic opportunity to show us the audience, the full extent of Gore's power as he almost inevitably will kill Zeus. And it's also likely to serve as a really solid round one where Thor will also probably lose just not be killed and set it up for the big battle later. Also, just as a small like side note here, cause we all thought this was particularly interesting, but at this point in time, we're going to have Norse gods, Greek gods, and if you've been watching Moon Knight, Egyptian gods. The short explanation is, yep, they all exist. And it's actually explained in the comics that part of the reason that the Greek gods stopped being involved in human affairs had to do with the arrival of the Eternals, who basically just started serving as their representatives on earth, which is why you have some really similar names like Thena and Athena. I don't know if that's the same direction the MCU will ultimately take this particular explanation, but we did just get the Eternals. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. But speaking of seeing, ah, uh, ah, uh, 
How about Thor's new eyes? Sometimes transitions are easier than other transitions. So yeah, last we checked, we know that Thor lost an eye in Thor Ragnarok, was given a new eye in Infinity War, and now we'll have two brand new eyes in Thor Love and Thunder. They sell colored contacts. They might be going to further lengths than is strictly speaking necessary. But these new eyes actually could be a very big deal because they could be representing a really big boost in his already very high power level. So ironically, Thor is actually leaving his responsibility as being a king of Asgard, which is essentially the highest calling he ever knew to expect for himself, which honestly, I admire. I think we all define ourselves a little bit too much by our careers. But the point is, Thor being him is an even higher calling. This might just be leading him down the path to rune King Thor, which if you've never heard of, I don't blame you, but is essentially the most powerful version of Thor that there is. And we even get a glimpse of what Rune King Thor might look like where he's wearing this gold accented armor right here. But of course that does bring about the question, what does that even mean? What is Rune King Thor? Kind of hard to say if I'm being honest with you. Rune King Thor, Rune King Thor, maybe it's not that bad. Well, we touched on this just a little bit before, but it all actually has to do with Odin and how Odin became so powerful in the first place. In Norse mythology, Odin hangs from the world tree impaled by his own spear for nine days without food or water and is eventually presented with the runes, which are his source of power. Similarly, in the comics, Odin gets his power or the Odin force from the runes after sacrificing his eye to the world tree. And that's something really big to keep in mind because one thing the movies don't show us a whole lot of is just how powerful Odin actually is. He is very powerful. And it may make sense that we don't see a lot of this because a lot of what he's doing is kind of passively, but he's able to permanently enchant Mjolnir with just a spell from mouth. He conquered the nine realms with Hela. He held Hela at bay until he died. He defeated Surtur like half a million years ago. I thought my father killed you like half a million years ago. And he was the one stopping Thanos from being able to access Nita Valir where he would be able to then create the Infinity Gauntlet. Like I said, it's pretty powerful stuff. It was a bad day when Odin died. And what's even crazier is that he had that kind of power from sacrificing one eye. Thor is gonna do both. Now, to be fair, in the MCU, it is heavily implied that the way that Odin lost his first eye is actually due to the battle with the frost giants. But I really don't think that that means that Thor can't still do something in this vein in order to attain new power, especially when you consider the fact that he has two new blue eyes. If this is in fact what's happening, it's going to be giving him all sorts of new power, sight, knowledge, beyond that of even Odin. And it would be putting him on a power scale at the galactic level of like the celestials, which is good because they have started popping up places. Not that they were very good hiders in the first place. They're pretty huge. Although to be fair, there was one at the center of the earth and nobody really seemed to notice and that seems a little sus. With all that in mind, again, if we go back to the comics, this new power will also grant him the ability to see every timeline all at once, which is an ability that just on the whole feels like it would pair very nicely with everything that's going on during the events of Loki on Disney+. And what's really interesting about this is that when you compare Thor and Loki, they're sort of in very similar places career-wise at the moment. Mobius is mocking Loki for his grand ambition of being the king of space. Be a nice 
feather in your cap. And I think Thor himself is about to find some similar range. Speaking of Loki though, I do have to imagine that we will see some version of a Loki in this movie because to date he has appeared in every single Thor movie. And honestly, I am super holding out hope that they bring in both Loki and Sylvie because after all, we'll also have Thor and Jane Foster in this movie. Speaking of Jane Foster though, we do also get to see her at the very end of the trailer in the completely epic moment where she appears wielding Mjolnir and looks awesome. And so of course, first things first, the big thing we have to address is which hammer is this? Is it the very one that Hela destroyed back in Ragnarok? The simple explanation is this. While I think Hela was able to physically break the hammer back in Ragnarok, I don't think she was able to break the charm that Odin put on it. All it would take is for a worthy person to touch the hammer, and at that point, that person would receive the powers of Thor. And I imagine that if Thor had been able to just, you know, reach down and touch the hammer in Ragnarok, that this same thing would have happened. He just wasn't exactly given that opportunity. Bring us back! No! With that in mind, my first thought was actually like, well, would the hammer still just be sitting on the ground out there? And the answer is, of course, Yes, if the spell is still on it, no one can move it. To which I again always have to ask like, could you move the ground beneath it? Could an elevator lift it? Either way, I'm assuming what's going to happen is that Jane will be visiting New Asgard, will stumble across these particular remains, touch them, and basically be given the power of Thor. Or something along those lines because this is what happens. With her new powers, she is then able to return to Thor. And I think this is what goes back to that line from earlier in the trailer, where it's looking into the eyes of the people you love. Jane Foster's arrival will not only serve as massive reinforcements for whatever situation Thor is finding himself in, but more than that, I think she is the only remaining person who can provide Thor something he sorely needs, and that's someone he loves. Yes! My guess is that this is gonna be a rather significant turning point in whatever battle is going on, and also a very important cog in Thor's process of self-discovery. One of the big questions that will remain though is after they inevitably defeat Gore, is what happens to the Necrosword. In the comics, Thor throws it into a black hole, which it then consumes. But given the post credit scene from the Eternals and the amount of time warpiness that is currently going on in the MCU, I have a feeling Thor will do something similar, but different. I think it's possible that the sword will somehow find its way back in time and in the hands of the Whitman family, where it will then be passed through all of the various generations until it finally reaches Dane Whitman, who will use it to become Black Knight. It is worth mentioning that his sword is known as the Ebony Blade and has its own host of powers, but I'm kind of operating on the idea that I think it's possible the MCU will merge those two ideas into one. This would also kind of continue the Marvel process of introducing super powerful artifacts in one film so you can kind of get to know how powerful it really is. That way, in future iterations, you don't have to waste a whole bunch of screen time re-establishing how powerful it is. This would be very similar to the Tesseract, the Aether, the Eye of Agamotto, or in Guardians of the Galaxy, like the orb thing. Each of those is literally plots of entire movies and then also all become Infinity Stones, leaving us just only so barely able to imagine how powerful they will be when they're all put together. But there you go, guys. That is all of the takeaways that we had from the Thor Love and Thunder trailer. We are absolutely keeping our eyes peeled for the first full trailer coming out soon. If you have any questions for us, be sure to leave those in the towel section down below. 
But guys, as always, thank you so much for watching. Be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you'd like some more information about Kit Harrington's new character, The Black Knight, you can check out this video right here. Otherwise, until next time, bye.